Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Additional sponsors include Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Bebert Collision Care Center, Cooper Complete Nutritional Supplements, Common Grounds, Heritage Creamery, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Here's the play for two. He dropped the ball. Did his knee touch? He'll throw it into the end zone. It is intercepted by JT Woods. The Bears stopped the two-point conversion attempt. It's 31-29. Better on top with 24 seconds to play. And there it was. The end of an epic ball game the other day. Baylor hangs on, wins it 31-29. Aaron, you may recall, and Aaron Sexton always alongside. Now, Tom is trying to act like he doesn't remember this. So, Aaron, you can be my backup. A certain member of this program did select a 31-28. That was the prediction. Baylor victory, and the Bears win 31-29. Aaron, tell me what I've won. That's that's very big of you to admit you, you got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that. No, that uh, that was a pretty spot-on prediction. I, I, Close call. I give you all the credit for it. Okay. All right. All right. Tom's saying we he doesn't remember that, so we may need to look into that and remind him. Bears find a way, and uh, they 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 get out there. And that last play, uh, John described it really well. I I I was uh, up in the press box, and Aaron, I'll just tell you. I don't know what you thought when you saw that kneeling. It almost, to me, looked like one of those designed, like a fake kneel, and then they're going to throw the ball, and I thought, but but it didn't make any sense. I'm like, you would never fake. They, they would have never bought that you were going to possibly kneel when you're down by two, so that didn't make any sense. But sure, sure enough, it was some kind of weird exchange. It threw the playoff a little bit, and then the Bears were – running after him, and that might have been our buddy Garmin Randolph. always want to call him Randolph Garmin, but I, God, that, that guy, what is it, Rand? <laughs> he was all over the place, had a, uh, had a big sack. Um, uh, excuse me, had a, he was chasing the quarterback all day, but he had the interception on the play where Ika got up and, uh, and knocked it down. I thought uh, – uh, he deflected the Purdy pass. That was big with about 11 minutes to go, and they were on the move. And, and Iowa State seemed to have a lot of the momentum. There were so many huge plays in that ball game. we got a lot today for you. In fact, at 320, we're going to go to the top, uh, one of the top Eagles beat writers in the country as the, uh, as the Cowboys get ready to face the Eagles tonight, some Monday night football. So my good longtime friend, Jeff McClain, uh, will uh, will join us at um, that's going to happen at 3:20 and at 3:40. Another guy that I worked with over the years at Fox Sports Southwest, David Ubbin, is going to join us and talk some college football. Talk about this Baylor win, what it means, what he thinks of the Big 12, everything that's going on, and also he wrote a big, uh, really nice column on Arkansas and the turnaround they've experienced. Well, if we've got some Razorbacks fans out there, you might want to be listening. Aggies fans, I'm sorry. I mean, that's a tough one. That is a game you are used to winning, 
and the Hogs seem to be for real. They have checked in at number eight. The Baylor Bears in AP Top 25 now at number 21. In this game at Stillwater, they will play the number 19 Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Pokes uh, coming off a really nice win, and uh, they just got things done. We didn't know exactly what to expect in that game, and uh, Spencer Sanders had been up and down this year. They came out, he played really, really well. And so the Bears go to Stillwater against a pretty hot team. Uh, Bears and the Pokes are both 4-0. and And both now what you would sort of call dark horse candidates in the Big 12. Because, Aaron, those Oklahoma Sooners looked a little rough the other night. I don't know what's going on with Spencer Rattler. I mean, the numbers were okay. Threw for like 265 yards or whatever. It's not what we've come to expect from OU quarterbacks, but every year we're like, okay, this guy's going to win the Heisman. This guy's going to be great. And quite honestly, Spencer Rattler hasn't been that special. And West Virginia kids uh, came to play. They fought like crazy, and they had a shot in that game and uh, just couldn't get it done there at the end. Oklahoma goes down there and is able to uh, run down the clock and win it at the very end, 16-13. to All right, lots to discuss today. And we're so pleased that you're with us, and it was great to see everybody. One of our uh, longtime listeners, Aaron, uh, Richard, works over there by the uh, Bee Association, where the uh, letter winners hang out during games. And my father played at Baylor, so I'm I'm, uh, fortunate enough to get to go down there and hang out with him and my mom, the whole family, during halftimes and before games. And so, But Richard from Woodway is a great listener of ours, and it's always fun to see him. In fact, uh, Aaron, he was immediately asking. He wanted to kind of know the uh, the 1969. You know, he remembers all that stuff and was, attended some of those concerts. Richard seemed a little bit. Uh, he seemed to doubt my 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 thought that Peter Paul and Mary played at Mars McLean in 1969. Richard seemed a little bit uh, like he, he he had a little doubt about that. But I looked it up. I think I'm right on that one. And somebody did get that one correct, and they won the Schmaltz's two sandwiches. Now, Baylor fans, and again, all week, we're going to, you know, on Mondays, we call them Victory Mondays, we like to look back. I know the John Warners of the world, you heard him today. Coach, what do you think of, what do you think of, uh, of this Oklahoma State running back? What do you think of that? Listen, we'll have all week for that, okay? We, we can't just immediately we got to keep looking at what happened the other day because that was a great win for the team. Now, what I like, though, Aaron, I think you're going to like this quote that came out of uh, the Dave Aranda uh, pre- uh, news conference today, and that happens at 11.30 on Mondays, and then every other week we get an exclusive audience with him. He talks to either Tom Barfield or myself, and um, this is interesting. He you know, was one, at one point in that conference, at news conference, he was basically asked, "Was it what does it mean to you, or what does it mean to the program to be ranked in the top 25?" And he kind of laughed and he said nothing. And I'm okay with that. I don't want a coach who's going to go crazy. I mean, our basketball program has been in the top 25 for about 10 straight years. You know, so we're past the point of doing a bunch of backflips. And of course, under Matt Rule and then Bryles before that, we were very used to being ranked all the time. So I don't think we should go hold a parade on campus for being ranked in the top 25. What? But, but, now listen to this. Now I want you to get in here, Aaron, but listen to this. Aranda 
later was kind of asked about what he learned from the game, and I love this quote. For us to fight for that game and then to almost give the game away is unacceptable. Now, that gives me the belief and, and, you know, sometimes we're kind of like, don't, uh, th- th- some coaches call it rat poison. Some call it don't eat the cheese. That's a Parcells thing. Sean Payton says it now. Don't believe in all the clippings and the rat, you know, the things that, that are put out there. Don't eat it. Don't eat the rat. This coach saw it a little bit like of the, you know, I, I, I got to say, Aaron, one of the things that part, most of me was very excited about that win. What I hate is two years ago they're up 21-0. This year they're up 28-16. They got this team on the ropes, and they couldn't put them away. Now, part of that is Iowa State's just good. They got a great coach, and they never quit coming. But, but part of it is you've got to learn how to finish off good teams. And they had a chance to do it, and they didn't get it done and almost, almost gave that game away. And, Aaron, I don't know if you're like me, I was not going to have great feelings going into that overtime. No, uh, and, it, and it's so good that they obviously that they held on to the win because it would have been so disappointing to lose after after playing so well and dominating the first half. And uh, just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a game that they could have easily lost. And despite the miscues, you know, penalties and a turnover, they did manage to hang on and win. One quick note about them being ranked, and I, I, I agree with Coach Arandon. I believe him, but there are some perks to it, and one of them is that since it's a, they're, since they're both ranked in the top 25, that probably had a lot to do with why they're playing on ESPN2 this weekend against Oklahoma State. So there are some benefits to it, and it's big for the fan base. We'd like to see that number beside their name. Yeah, I think they're actually on FS1. Um, against Oklahoma State, if I read that correctly, Aaron. But uh, they, they, in in one of those, I think the uh, the later game. Wait, which one is FS1? You know, you. I think you're you're totally right. My bad, Aaron. I'm sorry. I, Simcox used to correct me. Uh, used to get onto me about being an overcorrector. The news came out today that the West Virginia home game is going to be at 11 a.m. on FS1. So sorry, Aaron. My bad. This game coming up is. Uh, uh, so some of those things are already, you know, uh, are agreed to weeks in advance. I, I, I don't like that West Virginia game. I, you know, I wish for the home crowd, you always wish you'd be a little bit later in the day, especially as the weather gets so good. Um, and, Aaron, I, selfishly, you, you remember for, the, for both of us, do you remember what time the pregame radio show starts on an 11 o'clock kickoff? 7 a.m. That's right. That's right. Do you think that fits my schedule very well? Do you think that fits the Aaron Sexton schedule very well? No, it does not. No, it does not. The uh, even the ten thirty start for our pregame the other day was a little, little early, little early. You know, I was out eating some catfish and shrimp. I tried out a local Robinson eatery. Aaron, you'll be proud of me. I heard the uh, owner of it had his own shrimp boat, so he's out there getting fresh shrimp and fresh fish. So I decided to go try something called Tajian Cajun. Aaron, have you ever been out to Tajian Cajun? That's where I found myself Friday night, out eating the shrimp and catfish combo. 
I'm not a big seafood fan, so I haven't personally been, but I okay. I know people who have, including my mom, and she loves that place. Okay, Tajian Cajun. I'd like to know what body of water that is. I could it was at night, so I did I didn't really feel like I was on the Brazos. It felt like more like a little pond or a little man-made. Somebody listening, tell us on the CNC Collision Center text line what what body of water was I sitting next to there? Because I just didn't have a good visual because it was at at night at about eight thirty or nine o'clock. Two five four six six two sixteen sixty. What body of water was I next to when I was eating the shrimp and fish combo? Now, what happened in that game? And we'll talk about it more as the as the week unfolds. Well, uh, Terrell Bernard. Baylor's uh, all-conference middle linebacker was injured. Now, he has what they feared to be a meniscus tear. Today, he was getting it scoped. Uh, according to, to Aranda, the, um, they're still, they, don't, they haven't ruled him out of the Oklahoma State game. That doesn't seem that likely that he would play against Oklahoma State, but possibly could be back against West Virginia. So this, this is all extremely good news because last year when he got injured, um, or was it two years? Yeah, no, it was last year because uh, he replaced Clay Johnston two years ago and was great and was named all-conference. And then last year he got hurt and was out for the year. And uh, it looks like so far, and again, they do not know what, until they get finished with the scope exactly how it's going to look. Now, my medical buddies have sort of explained it to me that it, it, the procedure, however they scope it, and sort of the, the shape of the injury, um, I don't want to get too – I mean, I did get a medical degree. No, I had half of a law degree. I didn't go to a medical school. Um, I, I, don't, I don't exactly know. I would just tell you that so far the news is really, really good, thinking that he might be back in the next two to three weeks because I think getting Terrell Bernard – back is great now what is the best thing for Baylor is that happens to be a position of strength and Matt Jones can step in there he had five tackles the other day uh, had a quarterback hurry makes a lot of hits loves the game knows every position and he's really really good okay so he can step in and then of course uh, um, Doyle can step over and play middle linebacker. They, they've got a lot of guys who could step in and, and, and be good. Will Williams can step in. He had four tackles in that game and a forced fumble that uh, Will Williams did the other day. So they actually have some good depth at linebacker. That said, Bernard's literally one of the best linebackers in the conference. You would really, really like to have him back. And a quick word as I continue, we'll get you ready. we got a big Cowboys guest, Cowboys-Eagles guest coming up at 320. But um, I don't know if you noticed this player, Aaron, uh, as much as I did the other day. Al Walcott is his name. Uh, he's number 13. He kept showing up over and over. He makes big hits. He, he, he offers run support. And he, I swear, he just, he, he, I couldn't tell if that ball, that punt got deflected or not. It was either an all-out shank or somebody got a hand on it. And the thought in the press box was Walcott would have been the guy that got a hand on it. Aaron, could you tell on the TV broadcast if if that uh, horrible punt was deflected by Al Walcott? I couldn't, no. Okay. They, they, I believe the broadcast thought that Walcott did get a hand on it. And uh, I, I, he ends up with six tackles in that game, a uh, uh, one tackle for loss. Uh, I, just, I, I just thought uh, – making sure I'm looking at his correct numbers. Yeah, well, they gave him a block 
So, yeah, I, they gave him a block on the official stat sheet. So I do think he got credited for, uh, for getting his paw on that punt. He did have that tackle for loss that I was telling you about for a four-yard loss. I like Al Walcott a lot. Now, what is his story? Well, Al was at Butler Community College. I believe that's in Kansas. Um, or that's Independence. Could be Missouri. Anyway, we'd have to look at that. Independence, Kansas, or Missouri, wherever Independence is. But he was at Butler, and uh, he he had an offer, or he had a visit, I believe, to Auburn. They were interested, and then Baylor offered him. He had an official visit, and he really fell in love with Baylor. And he was here last year, but Walcott's just suddenly showing out. And he's, and he's getting mentioned like crazy, and I, I just think the guy's a heck of a player. I liked the pickup at the time, and I kind of a little bit, I have to admit, forgot a little bit about Al Walcott. And then I just see this guy the other day, number 13, everywhere I look. Oh, gosh, there's number 13. And, and Derek, or, uh, they kept saying Tejada in the, um, in the press box and uh, Tejada on the tackle. And, 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 and Tejada's a great player, Raleigh. But, I, but Walcott was making a ton of those plays coming up in run support. So, anyway, I have, uh, I've become a big fan of Al Walcott's. And, again, I'll have thoughts as we go. The 340 guest that we have is a big college football guy, David Ubbin. Love the guy. I've known him forever. Great, great guy. And he writes for The Athletic. And he'll have a lot of thoughts on Dave Aranda and this Baylor team. So I don't want you to think, oh, Mosley, I wanted to hear all about Baylor today. I promise you we'll do it at 340. I just happened to get a couple of really good guests today. And it, it's uh, changed my routine up just a little bit. I'm not always very guest heavy. But uh, next, we do have Jeff McClain, the uh, longtime beat man for the Philadelphia Inquirer, will join me to talk Cowboys-Eagles. That's next. This weather update is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, Texans have secured their insurance needs through the Nitsche Group. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy skies expected tonight. Low temperatures fall to around 70 degrees. It'll be partly sunny tomorrow with a 30% chance of scattered showers. Maybe an isolated storm, a high of 92. And on Wednesday, partly to mostly cloudy with a 60% chance of scattered showers. Maybe a thunderstorm and a high of 87. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. It's off to Stillwater this week for Dave Aranda and the Bears, taking on Oklahoma State. 4 p.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. It's a 6 p.m. kickoff with J.J. Joe, Ricky Thompson, and the voice of the Bears, Sean Morris. Bears, Cowboys. From Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, this Saturday, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107. Or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. 
This is Jim Haller proudly speaking for Redwoods Incorporated. My wife and I had been thinking about the need to replace our old Redwood deck for a couple of years, but just kept procrastinating because of the big hassle we thought the project would be. That was the case until one day I picked up the phone and called Greg Evans at Redwoods Incorporated. He was nice enough to come out to our home the next morning and talk to us about the options available. He suggested what we needed to do from the decking material to the railings to the lighting to an outstanding contractor. To make a long story short, we said, let's go for it. And a week and a half later, thanks to Redwoods Incorporated, we had a beautiful new deck to enjoy. And to make it even better, the cost was less than we had budgeted. Redwoods Incorporated exceeded our expectations. If you have a project in mind and want the best in wood products and customer service, go see Greg or Scott at Redwoods Incorporated, conveniently located off North Valley Mills Drive on Esther Street behind Applebee's Restaurant. You'll be glad you did. This is Pastor Royce Montgomery, New Horizon Missionary Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. I want to invite you out to a prayer vigil that we are holding against COVID-19 that has taken out the lives of so many of our loved ones. We're banging together, preachers, teachers, leaders, believers. I believe that prayer changes things. Prayer is the key, and your faith will unlock the door. Come to the Outdoor Prayer Vigil, Tuesday, October 12th from 7 to 9 p.m. at New Horizon Missionary Baptist Church, 2630 South 3rd Street in Waco. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Baylor holds off Iowa State 31-29 and moves into the AP Top 25 at number 21 this week. Other Big 12 schools, OU dropped two spots to number 6, and Oklahoma State enters the Top 25 at number 19. UMHB scores 27 unanswered points in the second half to come from behind and beat Harden-Simmons 34-28 on Saturday. An NFL record was set yesterday as Baltimore's Justin Tucker bounced one off the crossbars and made a 66-yard field goal, the longest in NFL history by two yards, and won the game 19-17 over the Lions. Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid left Arrowhead Stadium and was transported to the hospital. Reid, 63, was treated for dehydration. Monday Night Football, Cowboys host the Eagles, 7-15 kickoff, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Central Texas. It's a victory Monday. And uh, glad to have uh, the following guest, Jeff McClain, um, longtime Eagles beat man, also columnist, does it all a little bit. And a man who loves a good two or maybe five part series. Uh, Jeff, uh, welcome back to the, uh, the Matt Mosley show. And uh, you should know the Baylor Bears, a team you once spent some time around in their old coaching staff now has cracked the top 25. I know you're a Penn Stater, and you all are up there around the top five, but the Bears are now in the party, and uh, I want you to start fearing the Baylor Bears, sir. <laughs> uh, I've always feared, feared the Baylor Bears, Matt. You know that. They're a top-quality <laughs> program. Always have been. That's right. Back with uh, back with a certain quarterback, you were you were preparing that series. I believe that was uh, Kevin Cobb, and some of the Baylor uh, Bears staff knew Kevin, and you were working on that. Now your latest two part series. I was reading earlier in September the internal strife 
I love it, man. You stir it up like nobody's business. And you do it in this very, very thoughtful way. First of all, where is your relationship right now with a guy we both know? The general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, Howie Roseman. Are you in a good place with Howie? I believe I am. Never okay. in a great place, but I think we're in a uh, speaking terms relationship right now. <laughs> Which is you good. know why? You know why? I don't really have to cover him anymore, so he and I seem to stay in really good shape. But I that did interest me. All that analytics and and um, I I've never thought Lurie of really being like anything like Jerry. I always thought of him as you know every once in a while he talks, but I never really thought he had that much involvement. But you start reading this, and it's like, whoa, whoa, this guy does – sometimes he does like to get his fingerprints all over everything. Does that – do you think that happens more when you have, like, a, a brand-new coach? Does the does – the, do you find that the owner of the Eagles gets, gets more involved? I think that's happened over the last uh, few head coaches with Doug Peterson and now Nick Sirianni. It was always there. He was involved, and it was just that Danny Reed did a very good job of keeping him at bay. Um, you know, as, as I've been, as you know, various people have worked with him, they they always say he's more Jerry Jones than you realize. He just uh, he just isn't out front uh, talking to the media all the time. He does a very good job of disguising his his involvement. Whereas Jerry, you just know he's the front man in so many ways, and and obviously you see that he's got his, still has his fingerprints all over the team, not as much uh, as you know as as he used to, but. No, Jeffrey's always been kind of very involved, and he's always felt that uh, he knows football, that he's a little bit of a football guy. And I think analytics was the easiest way for him to kind of get, um, you know, to have some involvement because this is something that's a little more, you know, it's business. There's the numbers are in some ways black and white, and he doesn't have to watch film or crunch, uh, you know, uh, tape on, on players stuff that he doesn't really know much about. And this allows him kind of an entry way into being able to kind of second guess the various coaches that he's had, and mostly, you know, Doug Peterson. And I think that was one of the part of the reasons why that that uh, relationship ended in a divorce. Yeah, yeah, the uh, it did it did happen. Talking to Jeff McClain, Philadelphia Inquirer beat writer on the Matt Mosley Show, uh, ESPN Central Texas. All right, so Dallas week it is, and uh, lots of excitement. It seems though, Sirianni. It's always interesting how a new coach leans into this rivalry. And, boy, this, this guy really did. I mean, I, I think sometimes it takes a coach a while to kind of figure out, okay, what's this like, or I need to experience this for the first time. Obviously, somebody's been in his ear saying, no, this is a huge deal to our fans and everybody around. As a longtime Eagles observer, what was your gut reaction to the showing up in a beat Dallas T-shirt, the, the new head coach there for the Eagles? I mean, it's a little bit of pandering, right? Uh, he's kind of done that now throughout uh, his time here in Philadelphia. And I think in some uh, respects it is a little bit of who Nick is. And, and I think, you know, coming from a college background, he played the game uh, at a level. Uh, he likes rivalries, and I think that he's willing to kind of play it up. Uh, but he's certainly pandering to the fans. I don't think the players care too much about Dallas versus New York or Washington or whatever. You know, they, they don't. And as you know, like we've always joked, uh, those of us in the media, just how like, you know, Philly fans hate the Cowboys, but I don't think the Cowboys fans hate the Eagles fans. Like they don't, don't they, they consider Washington more their chief rival. Used to be, but but no, I think the I think at one point 
it went, especially in the Reed era, Eagles moved ahead. And the Giants would jump yeah. up there because of those Super Bowl teams with Coughlin. But the e the true hatred, I, I think long ago, honestly, the old school Cowboys fans might still think of the Washington football team, but I think all that's gone. Like for for a, I think it's mostly about the the Eagles because then you had the the hatred built on the foundation of Buddy Ryan that that turned that turned this rivalry into kind of sent it to a different level. Yeah, that, that's fair. Although I don't know, I just don't think the rivalries in the NFL are what they used to be. Um, I don't know why that is. I guess maybe it's players hugging each other and giving each other uniforms after a game. I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff that I think's kind of blurred the line between the hate that you used to see teams would have for each other. I guess it's still out there a little bit. But even even this past week, it just didn't seem like Philly versus Dallas is a big deal in the city. A lot of other things going on, I guess. Yeah. And it's not well, like, it's not I like mean, both teams are great. You, you guys used to, WIP would have funerals for Terrell Owens and, and burn, his, <laughs> burn him in effigy or something outside. The, hey, don't associate so. me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you've been on that station many a time, and in, in both stations, uh, in fact. So I have to associate yeah. you a little bit. Who is our buddy there? I forget who you have rivalries with, so it's always I'm a little delicate with who I bring up. But the the <laughs> one guy that I still hear from, and I did a show with one time recently, national show at five in the morning. We started at like five or six in the morning. Anthony Gargano. I mean, you talk about a guy who has too much energy. Oh, yeah, that was. Gargano's that my was, man. He's my boy. Oh, you like, okay, good, good. I, I don't I, have rivalries. In, oh, stop it, Jeff. You you guys all have rivalries. I, I had to navigate that thing. I was like Switzerland. I usually get in fights with people, but somehow I befriended all of you guys for the most part, even less like me. All right, it is uh, it is Jeff McClain on the, uh, on the, uh, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas all right, it, where is uh, where are the Eagles? I mean, it's a week to week thing, probably with Jalen Hurts at this point. It's like they, I, if I know that fan base, they can't be totally sold on him. He was great week one, not good week two. Um, we know him around uh, these parts because he's from actually the Houston area, and then obviously he went to the Sooners, and he was really, really good there. Um, is it? Do you feel like the fan base is like, I don't know if they ever truly fall in love with anybody, but they I kind of sense they want to fall in love with this guy. Yeah, I think they like a lot about what Jalen brings to the table. Uh, his confidence, his, you know, his personality, he's kind of got that cool factor um, that, you know, I think sometimes that goes over well uh, with a certain segment of the Philly fan base. You want, you want your quarterback to have that kind of uh, – that kind of attitude about himself and the position. Um, but I think in terms of the, you know, what he's done on the field, you, you can't, you just can't say with certainty one way or the other. It's only six starts that he's had in his career. As you mentioned, he played pretty well. I thought in the first game, they kind of you know, kept things a little simple for him and they're allowing him to kind of, you know, develop. And that's the way I would handle it um, with him and, and a new in- offense. I don't think, I don't think Nick Sirianni helped him much last week against the 49ers. But that being said, there were also, times where Jalen didn't help himself I mean he's he, he's missing things sometimes on the field he's not seeing things and or he'll just kind of tuck it and run a little bit too early I think um he Nick said he didn't think he did that but I don't know just looking at it myself and talking to some other people I, I think that was kind of and that's a fair assessment of of how he's playing the position um but I feel like that you know he's a smart guy I, I would hope open it up for a little bit you know like give him some NFL you know give him a little bit of the NFL offense I think he can do it I just you know 
um, I just wonder, Nick, right now, I don't know if right now the relationship between the two in terms of like, you know, I'm not talking about person personality wise. I just think in terms of the offense and him executing, I'm just not sure that it's there and it's going to take a little while. Probably it's only two games. So we'll see how this plays out. But, you know, I just don't think you can say with any certainty one way or the other, whether Jim's going to be the long-term guy or he's not. You know, the Eagles have had some issues over the years, as you well know, at cornerback, at safety play, some of their coverage. Cowboys have uh, really good – they're really good at receiver. They're missing their third receiver, but Cedric Wilson's pretty pretty good, and they actually have a decent tight end. Dak seems to be in a great place. Um, are the Eagles built a little better than they used to be on the back end to hold up against a uh, against a hot quarterback like this? I would say a little bit, yeah. Darius Slayer's uh, a solid cornerback. He's he's more of a man-defending guy, and, and the new defensive coordinator here, Jonathan Cannon, plays just a lot of zone. So I, I'm not sure if that entirely plays to Slay. He can do it. Uh, as you've seen before, I, mean, I think he's he's trailed uh, Amari Cooper and done a pretty good job against him. But you you won't see that tonight. Uh, they'll play zone. Steven Nelson's the second cornerback. He's he's better than the, what they've had previously as the second corner, This you know, um, and then that safety, Anthony Harris, I think he's pretty decent. The other safety spot's a little bit of a question mark. Ronnie McLeod isn't going to is – still isn't back from his knee, knee injury. So you have Marcus Epps and, and Kayvon Wallace, who's, who's a second-year guy. Those are the, I'm surprised teams haven't gone at those guys more. But what Gannon plays is he plays a lot of soft zone, and they'll allow you to kind of move the ball in a little bit and then just try and hopefully clamp down when you get inside the red zone. They did that well against Atlanta, not so well against the 49ers, although they only allowed 17 points last week and – and I think only 4.5, 4.6 yards per play. So I don't think the defense is anywhere near the, at fault for what, what happened last week. And then, of course, they got they got the horses up front. They're without Brandon Graham, as you know. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you covered Brandon. I mean, he's he's the heart and soul of that, not only the defense, but the team. And he's still he's still uh, pretty productive on it in terms of setting the edge. So I don't know if they're going to have that type of guy to step in. They have a lot of guys up front that are um, talented and capable, but um, – BG is definitely going to be a little bit of a loss. But, no, the defense is pretty solid. Um, but I, I agree with you. I mean, I feel like just looking at the way Dak's playing, and I think they'll be able to score points tonight on the, uh, Dallas, that is. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe Fletcher Cox read your column. You're kind of looking for him to perhaps step into that leadership role and Fletcher uh, maybe a you know, really fine player but not a, a, a huge vocal guy. So maybe he'll be that guy who steps up. Talking to Jeff McLean. Uh, the uh, longtime Eagles uh, columnist, uh, longtime writer there. Now, e- either of these two wide receivers, the young wide receivers between Devontae, who uh, obviously we're excited to kind of see what he becomes, or Rager, who at times this season and even the preseason was lighting it up, certainly has shown some flashes. Um, is there, is there a, a thought that, that maybe Philadelphia finally has that threat of, you know, it's it's been since what Deshaun Jackson since they had the the true deep threat. Do you think one of these guys uh, could be on the way to breaking out? Well, Devontae is going to be. I think he's going to be a top notch uh, wide receiver in the NFL. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be top five or whatever it is. Who knows? But I, he's going to be a competent guy who's going to have over eighty catches and a thousand yards in a season every you know every, when he starts to get figuring this out. And you, we've seen glimpses uh, glimpses of it already in the first two games. Rager is, you know, as you mentioned, just kind of it's inconsistent, and you know he'll he'll, hop, he'll flash here and there, but it's just you know the route running and doing some of the necessary things you have to do to play that position in the NFL. I just don't see enough of it. 
Quez Watkins is the third, quote-unquote, third receiver, although he's playing as many snaps as Jalen. I mean, he, I think he has more ability than Rager, and certainly in terms of stretching the defense. He caught a 91-yard pass last week and another 26-yarder. So he's he's the guy I would look at. I think he's going to end up being their second guy over Rager. All right, but well, listen. Uh, I'll be in studio tonight, and we'll not see you at the game. Uh, but uh, I'm very upset. By the way, you used to come into town, call me, uh, or or like at least pick my brain about the Cowboys. I think it's important to note I'm still probably the guy you should lean on more than like a Todd Archer or anybody like that. All right, I just want to be very upfront with that. Say, hey, let's let I would call you and say, hey, let's go out and just get something to eat. Maybe have a little bit of a cocktail. Maybe, maybe not. And you're always too busy for me. Always too busy. Well, y'all stayed on the wrong side of the Metroplex. And uh, <laughs> you guys, for whatever correct. reason, were always drawn to Fort Worth. And uh, as you saw with SMU beating, uh, you know, uh, TCU the other day, Dallas making another statement why people always think of us first. All right, um, Jeff, good to, good to catch up with you. Uh, have fun at the ball game tonight. Those are always fun deadlines. A good Monday night football <laughs> deadline on the East Coast. That'll be great. But uh, great to visit Matt. with you, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, see you, buddy. Thanks a lot. There he goes, Jeff McLean, uh, longtime friend and longtime uh, beat writing buddy. We he covered he's covered the Eagles for a long time. Does a tremendous job doing that, and writes a lot of the stories that end up kind of explaining all of these crazy soap operas that happen among, uh, whether it was Doug Peterson, whether it's the owner, whether it's the GM, uh, Jeff's usually behind a lot of those great stories. All right, it is time to talk a little more Baylor, and we'll do it with one of college football's top writers. Uh, It is David Ubbin is going to join us next. This is Dallas Cowboys football 2021. Third and four at the Tampa 21. Only heard here. Back goes Prescott. Deep ball down the right side. He's got Cooper on the right side of the end zone. All season. Comes up with the ball and the touchdown. Holy cow. Monday night, it's your Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Live from AT&T Stadium. On this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Eagles Monday night at 6 on ESPN Central Texas. When it comes to automotive collision repair, there is a difference in a business certified by the major auto manufacturers and one that's not. Beebrick Collision Care Center is a certified repair shop by Chrysler, Ford, General Motors, Hyundai, Kia, Nissan, and Subaru. Their list of services include collision repair and refinishing, structural repair and frame straightening, paintless dent repair, and full automotive detailing. Family owned since 1962, Beebrick Collision Care Center, 1515 LaSalle Avenue in Waco. Shipments of unique, one-of-a-kind rustic furniture and western home decor arrives daily at Appaloosa Trade & Post Rodeo Pond. Check out their living room, dining room, and bedroom sets, buffets, hall trees, sofas, end tables, and sectionals from Steve Silver. This heavy-duty furniture is built to last, and it's priced to move. They offer 90 days, same as cash. Text 16118 or 22462 to apply. Appaloosa Trade & Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive, 254-662-4803. In the market for a new metal roof? 
since 1943. Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. Last Chance Bar and Bell Meat is under new ownership. This family-owned and operated establishment offers a small-town atmosphere with a rustic down-home feel. Open seven days a week, this hometown sports bar offers a variety of entertainment. Pool tournaments every Monday and Tuesday, karaoke every Thursday, and live music Saturdays. Located at 1200 New Dallas Highway in Bell Mead. Only minutes from I-35 and a short drive from downtown Waco. With the coldest beer in town and some friendly faces, stop into Last Chance Bar for some good old Texas hospitality. For more information and upcoming events, log on to Last Chance Bar. RTX.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weinch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Baylor holds off Iowa State 31-29 and moves into the AP Top 25 at number 21 this week. Other Big 12 schools, OU dropped two spots to number 6, and Oklahoma State enters the Top 25 at number 19. UMHB scores 27 unanswered points in the second half to come from behind and beat Harden-Simmons 34-28 on Saturday. An NFL record was set yesterday as Baltimore's Justin Tucker bounced one off the crossbars and made a 66-yard field goal, the longest in NFL history by two yards, and won the game 19-17 over the Lions. Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid left Arrowhead Stadium and was transported to the hospital. Reid, 63, was treated for dehydration. Monday Night Football, Cowboys host the Eagles, 7-15 kickoff, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. for Iowa State from left to right. Ebner will have a chance to return this one from the two to the center of the field, to the 20, to the 25, to the 30. There goes Tristan Ebner. The 40, the 50, to the sideline. Tristan Ebner, he's going to take it all the way. Tristan Ebner, 98 yards for the Baylor touchdown. Ah, there it was. Tristan Ebner has become the most dangerous return man in the country, at least uh, in my humble opinion. Joining us now on the uh, CMC Collision Center guest line, it is David Ubben. And uh, David and I go way back and spent some time Fox Sports Southwest. We used to do some TV together. And um, David is now with The Athletic. Uh, David, are you uh, – it's great to have you on. Are you uh, are you sort of starting to buy stock in Dave Aranda's Bears? I mean, you and I on Big Twelve Live would have really been reacting uh, <laughs> I, I, very excitedly to that win the other day. We got we got to patch uh, our boy Rick Renner in for a three way call here and, and chat it up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean they looked impressive. I, I haven't really been fully sold on on Iowa State this year. I think they were a little bit overhyped the preseason, but they're still one of the twenty best teams in the country. And and Baylor beat them. Uh, you know, I, I think you know Jerry Bohannon has looked really good this year. Uh, and and Baylor, of course, has, has played pretty solid defense overall. I uh, I can't say that uh, I was shocked to see that result. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I think the ceiling is, is pretty high for, for this Baylor team. Yeah, I, uh, you wrote a nice piece today 
on uh, Arkansas and what they've done with Sam Pittman. And, and uh, I mean, that's very interesting. We'll get into that a little bit. But it's it's time, Ubbin, to uh, to give Baylor that type of treatment, okay? that's uh, I'm, I'm going to play the role of your editor. I want you to show up in Waco. We'd like a nice piece on the uh, – on the Baylor Bears, I mean, you you kind of saw Aranda. You, I think you were covering Tennessee at the time, but you saw his rise with LSU, and you mm-hmm. saw him go to Baylor. Now, this is a quieter type head coach. This is not your over-the-top. You've been around some guys who maybe come across as having more personality. This is what you would call sort of a guru, a defensive guru, but a very extremely thoughtful person. What, but what has been your take uh, from afar of Dave Aranda, and, and do you think he could possibly get it back to where rules seem to be taking things? Well, I thought in, in general, uh, you know, the, the thing that I always find um, to be one of the best signs of a, of a head coach is saying, hey, uh, we messed this up, but we got to fix this. Instead of just, well, we got to tweak a couple things, we got to uh, make a smaller move, and and we got to do this or do that or keep trying the same things or keep going back to the to the drawing board. And I thought bringing Jeff Grimes in was huge. Uh, I, I, you know what, what he was able to do uh, at, at BYU was was unbelievable. And they were probably the most fun offense and and productive offense and one of the ones that scared you the most of anyone in the country last year. And uh, so bringing that in, I think you know you're not going to light the world on fire in year one, but schematically you can do some things that stress people out and. And that's a good sign for for Dave Aranda to say, hey, you know, we got to fix this. Uh, we got to we got to make a, a wholesale move here and, and bring in uh, a big impact hire. And I think, you know, if you can do that, I think one, it says, you know, I'm sure Brent Graham said, I mean, I'm sure he he had, or, uh, uh, I'm sure Jeff Graham had plenty of options after last season. And I think if you're able to bring him in, it says a couple things. It says one, people want to work for you, uh, and it says for two. But you got a pretty good uh, you got a pretty good sales pitch as well, uh, and and you know your talent acquisition you know is, is better at Baylor than I think a lot of people uh, think, and 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 seeing that I, I think is a really uh, encouraging sign for for the Bears' future. I thought that was one of the one of the best hires of the offseason. All right, David Ubbin of the Athletic, boy, national football writer now for the Athletic, covered those balls. I'm sure you made some great friends there, but David, that, that's that is you talk about a a constant soap opera. They never seem to get the <laughs> the higher right. Were you uh, were you a little? Were you? Were, I'm sure you were a little excited to kind of have a bigger palette, weren't you? Uh, that now you can kind of can pick some stories from all around college football. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Tennessee, there's there's never a shortage of things to write about, but there's a lot of best football to watch. Uh, I always tell people, you know, uh, there's only so many one run or one uh, one yard runs off tackle on first down that you can watch before you begin to lose a grip on your sanity. And over the last three years, rewatching those games on Sunday for our uh, uh, sort of comeback Monday uh, sort of takeaways piece and kind of what we learned rewatching, uh, the thought of doing that was was exhausting. And you <laughs> another year of, of Tennessee, so. I watched a lot of bad football, not once but twice over the last three years, and not just bad football, but boring football as well. And so, uh, it's nice to get a, a little bit of a, a diverse buffet on Saturdays and Sundays these these days. 
All right, well, give us your thought. Put your old Big 12 hat back on. And, and now that Oklahoma seems to be struggling a little bit, up 16, you know, they, they won 16-13. They've been known to do this. You remember they used to be a little slow out of the gates. They usually get it together, but they've been unusually slow out of the gates this season, even by their standards. <laughs> Oklahoma State and Baylor are 4-0. and Texas, got, got, they seem to have gotten the, the right quarterback. I don't know how Sark picked the wrong quarterback after what Casey Thompson did in that bowl game. So I do think Texas has some talent. Do you, um, do you, have you changed your thoughts overall about this conference? Because suddenly Baylor at Oklahoma State has a lot more meaning than we would have thought even a couple of weeks ago. It does. I mean, I think whoever wins that, I think, you know, looks like a, a pretty strong challenger. I think you look around the, the Big 12, you know, people were ready to, to write off Texas, you know, after they lost to Arkansas. Turns out Arkansas is probably pretty good. So uh, I think Texas looks like the best team in the league to me, uh, but they're going to have some pretty stiff challengers um, this year. I mean, it's going to be a pretty wide open race. I, I you know, I, I don't know how anybody could watch anything they've seen from Oklahoma this year and, and be very encouraged. Uh, you know, they'll be in the mix, but, you know, they've got the most talent, but are they the best team? I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. But, yeah, this, this Baylor-Oklahoma State game, you know, the winner of that game has got to feel really good about their uh, their Big 12 title hopes moving forward because not only that, you've beaten a pretty good team, and, uh, you know, the standings are going to be wide open this year. Do you remember me freezing my rear off when Petty was on that Baylor team and Baylor was <laughs> headed toward, like, number one in the country and, we, and and Baylor lost that game? But I think I was out there and maybe I lost audio or something. I just remember – I mean, think about all the great technology we have. But do you remember when they would send us to those games at Fox Sports Southwest? Like, basically, <laughs> we'd use our phones. We would, like, hook the earphones into our phones and somehow connect with the TV – and we literally did live shots via cell phone, even though we had a satellite truck there. We had that big satellite truck, and yet we'd be we would be linked up on our cell phones. Does that ring a bell with you? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's uh, it's going to be uh, uh, an interesting uh, uh, time looking back. It's uh, those Fox days. You were you were hitting up some of those Baylor games when they were. Uh, uh, that 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 late uh, what thirteen or fourteen run and and I when I could see your breath on the screen I always felt a little bad for you but uh, <laughs> I I I made it up uh, you know I felt felt pretty good in the studio so it's all it's you all were good. you were you were kind of toasty talking to David up of the <laughs> athletic um well, I am um, kind of interested in that uh, I like Sam Pittman this whole Arkansas thing I don't know how to seriously to take them I mean they they may get annihilated by Alabama I mean I. You know, this Ole Miss-Alabama thing is going to be really interesting. But has there ever been a seemingly a better fit that Sam Pittman goes in there and now everybody acts like, oh, you know, we thought Sam Pittman. I remember the Mandels of the world. I, I hate to call him out specifically. But this was met with a very blah reaction. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this, this is a weird hire. He's a career well, no, he, O-line he coach. He didn't run for the fact that he was like their 15th choice. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like the only positive things that had happened there in terms of good football over the last 20 years was a little bit of a period with Petrino before the uh, the motorcycle uh, accident, before that infamous day. And suddenly Pittman has that thing going. I mean, can, wh- what is the 
what do you think's going on there between the you know how have they suddenly brought sort of the right fit and obviously a guy with Baylor ties um, uh, Kendall Bryles is attached to that thing as well what do you think are the are the biggest things why this this head coach seemingly is has this thing firing all on all cylinders uh, all of a sudden well I think it's a few things I think he knows hey he didn't come to Arkansas bringing some magic offense or some magic defense. He's a good coach. He understands the game. But he went out and made two really good coordinator hires. I think it starts there uh, in, in Barry Odom and, and Kendall Browse. Barry Odom, I mean, people are stealing their schemes. The Baylor offense, I mean, how many people across the country are running that right now? Uh, and they've got somebody who knows it as well as anyone. I mean, Ole Miss and Arkansas are probably – Number one and number two in, in running that Baylor offense. There's probably, what, a dozen teams in there running it, some form of it. Um, and so you have that aspect of it. And I think you have an, a sense that, you know, you see a lot of coaches when they come into situations, especially bad situations where expectations are really low, and they say, well, we got to get our guys in there. We just need patience. He's done pretty much the opposite of that. He said, hey, we're gonna, they, they've adapted their defense, their offense to fit what they have. They have a lot more talent than people realize. I think, you know, Chad Morris didn't win a whole lot of games, but he recruited pretty well. And if you look at the, the 24-7 talent composite, Arkansas is like the 20th most talented team in the country, something along those lines, if you just go straight from recruiting rankings. And if you're running a system that, that utilizes them a little bit better, um, you know, it can help you out. Uh, and so you have that, and then I think he's really sort of built a program that prides itself on, hey, we want to be tough on the line. And when you win that battle, uh, you're going to do pretty well, you know, especially in the SEC. And then they've got some playmakers. I mean, K.J. Jefferson, Traylon Burks, all these things. You you know, it, on paper it feels kind of insane, but when you walk, watch them and you sort of uh, add it all up and you think about all those things, it, it, it's not – truly like something that's unfathomable um, because he just made a lot of right decisions. And, you know, sometimes you can luck into a really, really good decision. Um, and, and uh, you know, like I said, Sam Pittman is not a real uh, prideful sort of guy. He is who he is. He doesn't care if people don't like him or don't respect him or his team or whatever. Uh, he just wants to win some ball games. And he's fine with being Arkansas's 15th pick because he wanted that head coaching job. Uh, and Herner Juracek wanted somebody who wanted that job, and, and he wanted it, and, and he, he's, he's made himself and his boss uh, look very smart, and their state look very, very happy um, over this uh, these last few weeks. He just, I like it. He, he sounds very Arkansas. I, he he mm-hmm. kind of has that way about him, and there was a quote in that column you wrote where he said, you know, people thought maybe because A&M beat them or because Arkansas beat them, A&M and Texas might not be that good. He said, but but what did he say? He said something like, them's, them's pretty good teams or something. Yeah, and it was, you, know, you quoted yeah. him in the way he said it, and it sounded, it wouldn't, from a grammar standpoint, where we went to school, David, it's not the way we would probably want to talk, but it just was perfect for how for how Sam was trying to get that thing across. All right, last thing I had for you real quickly. Do you have, uh, now that BYU, Cincy, Houston, UCF are headed into this Big 12, do you, from a national standpoint, do you really feel like they've, that that, that the Big 12 has somehow righted the ship? I'm not saying they're not going to miss Texas and Oklahoma, although there'll be some of us who 
I think we're there's some people that are about ready for Texas to move on its way and just like okay <laughs> if you if you don't like it here move on about your business. Oklahoma had to do what Big Big Brother said and so they followed them out the door. Does this seem like a formidable enough conference to kind of hang in there as a power five? Yeah, I mean, I, I think where things are going, it feels like the power five moniker, you know, especially if the playoff expands, which right now it seems like they're cooling on, but, I mean, I, it's trending toward that. I mean, I, I think the whole concept of the power five is going to be sort of gone by the wayside. I, I think there's only going to really be two conferences that are way out in front of everybody in terms of how much money they make, which is really, at this point, what conference membership is essentially about. The Big Ten and the SEC are about to start lapping the field, um, you know, in terms of where the ACC stands. We'll see what happens at the end of their TV deal, which runs through, I think, 34 or 35. You know, the Big 12, the the Pac-12 with its own issues on that front, uh, not to mention the Pac-12's issues on the field. Um, so, you know, it looks a lot like it's going to be a, sort of a two, you know, the big two and everybody else. Um, but I think, you know, the Big 12 is not going to splinter. It's not like uh, you're going to see uh, teams be sort of cast aside to be playing on, you know, Facebook Live every weekend. You're not going to see that. Um, but I think college football is changing. And, you know, for the rest of the Big 12, I think this was a, a, a pretty much a best case scenario for, for where things were going. It's you know, it's not going to be probably what it was in the, in the 2000s, but it's still a solid league. And I think, too, you know, beyond the financial aspects of it, which are sort of unavoidable and they are what they are, um, you know, the quality of football I don't think is going to change all that much. It's still going to be a really fun league, a really good league with some good teams and a competitive league and a wide-open league, and, you know, it's going to be fun. All right, from now on when they say the big two and everyone else, it's going to be the Mormons and the Baptists. BYU, <laughs> Baylor, and everyone else, all right? You feel free to use that. All right, uh, good. David, good to catch up with you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. David Ubbin from The Athletic, national writer for them now. He's uh, been able to, to get off the Tennessee volunteer beat, and he covers the uh, entire college football. David's a great guy. Great to have him on. Fun day today. And uh, there'll be a lot more fun to be had tomorrow reacting to Cowboys versus Eagles. And then we'll have more on the Baylor game and everything moving forward. Tom Barfield standing by. Game time is next. Game time. Going now by Calvin Watkins from via Dallas Morning News. Calvin, first of all, good afternoon. Appreciate your time. Uh, What a crazy ending to that football game. Your thoughts on the last 40 seconds of that football game? I thought they screwed it up. But then, <laughs> Amen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. We, we, we might not be talking right now. I'll be busy. Game time. Weekdays 4 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Voss. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. The one stop for your farm and rent supplies is Barnett.